Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast. I'm Simon Chaskovsky here with Caleb Peterson and shortly we will be breaking down all the sports-related news, rumors, and drama that you will want, will want to hear about. I am tired. Let's do this. We will be This week we will be talking about James Harden getting fined $100,000 for his comments against Daryl Morey and the 76ers. Uh, I believe 50k for each time he said it. And then we'll probably move into the NFL and uh, talk about Jonathan Taylor finally getting permission to seek a trade after... All the talk in the media between him and uh, Colts owner Jim Irsay. Then we'll probably move into the MLB and talk about uh, Julio Rodriguez breaking an MLB record. And then we'll probably talk a little bit about the whole Tommy Pham situation going on right now because it is pretty interesting. And uh, yeah, this will be a fun week. That's all all I got to (laughs) say. Caleb, you ready to get into it? Hell yeah. Now, the biggest news coming out of the NBA has to do with the man, the myth, the legend, the beard, James Harden. Um, He has been in the news cycle for the last couple weeks, um, kind of feuding with his team. This wasn't the first time we've seen something like this happen with with him, um, bouncing around from team to team. Uh, But this feels a little bit different, a little bit more significant. And based on everything that's happened, the NBA has finally taken action. After Harden called... Uh, owner Daryl Morey, a liar, said he would never be part of an organization that he's a part of, um, and not backing down on that sentiment again, saying, let me say that again, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's part of. Um, After hearing that, um, I believe that was about a week ago when he said that, the NBA has finally cracked down and fined him $100,000 for those comments. And now Simon... What do you think about all of this? I know there's a little bit more behind it as to why he was saying that, but just on a, a surface level, what do you think about the NBA's decision to find him? Do you think that's justified, or are you more on Harden's side? Um, I think I think it's pretty hard to be on James Harden's side of this entire thing just because of knowing the history behind Harden's career of uh, requesting for trades. Obviously, we don't really have an ear in the room, so we don't know if there's any merit towards what's going on back there. But uh, I I feel like I'm kind of just in the middle of the entire thing because obviously it just sounds... The more I read into it, the more it seems a little sketchy, the entire thing, where the there... Just to read straight from the article I have pulled up, Harden opted into his player option of $35.6 million, which, holy crap, that's a lot of money, at the beginning of the offseason. According to reports, Harden opted in so that he could get traded to the Clippers. That's what we've been hearing all offseason. That is where he wants to go. He wants to go play with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and go finally win himself a ring, which is what he's been chasing for however long. And, frankly, I... If that's the, if that's the truth, and he opted into it with the knowledge or with the if what was agreed upon by all parties was he'd opt into it and then he'd get traded to the Clippers and then the 76ers didn't trade him which is what it kind of seems Harden is trying to suggest then that's that's pretty messed up but I mean like I said who knows like there's so many things going on here I think the NBA was fully in their rights to find him for his comments although I also understand why James Harden said it I feel like James Harden expected to get fined here i don't a hundred thousand seems like a very hefty fine to me i feel i can't remember the last fine we've had that was you know just just for a comment of like this kind to a player like a fine like this i don't remember the last time it got over a hundred thousand dollars 
It's pretty. It's pretty crazy to me. He, James Harden is obviously still a pretty incredible player. Not quite the player he was back when he won the 2018 MVP and all that. Not quite the scorer anyway. He still led the league in assists last season, so he still has it. But uh, just we just haven't been able to see him really turn in, into anything. I. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't know, though. I, I feel like I'm still on the fence with how I feel on things. I definitely wouldn't be agree- siding with James Harden, but I don't know if I'm ready to side with uh, the 76ers yet. Yeah, I am I think I'm a little bit more on James Harden's side. Um, I know there is a history there in terms of him requesting a trade, and given how much money he's making, it's yeah. hard to feel bad for him. But at the same time, um, stuff like this in terms of like a sign-in trade isn't exactly like uncommon in today's NBA. Um, I'm pretty sure like the bat- Bradley Beal deal was done as a like signing that extension and then immediately getting traded. Like this is not an uncommon practice, and I think when you promise your players that, you kind of have to follow through because I think James Harden is obviously upset that he signs a deal that's basically going to um, keep him in Philadelphia for another year when because again he only has so many I I don't know how old James Harden is at this point but he's not exactly a spring chicken he's 34 yeah he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore he he's old past a little bit past his prime um and to waste another year of that um because players can retire at like 36 37 who knows how long he has left to waste another year of that like and you're you're like you said I think he only cares about the championship Obviously, hard to not care about that kind of money, but he has enough money. Like, I think the championship is what he wants. To be deprived another year of that, in his eyes at least, um, I can see why he's upset. Now, is sticking with the in terms of winning, is sticking with the 76ers the worst thing in the world to play with Joel Embiid? Not really. You probably still have a pretty decent chance. I think, I think part of the reason, though, that that's that's questionable too is the fact that there was a lot of rumors around Joel Embiid himself getting traded so I think maybe this whole thing is coming around the fact that maybe both stars were thinking of getting out of Philly by the end of the offseason and currently neither of them neither of them are gone so I think it is just an interesting situation as a whole that I mean it looks like the 76ers are just holding on to their stars as hard as they can. Which, truthfully, because they have them on contract, they are kind of in their right to do that. You are able to hold on to your players until their contracts run out. But it's definitely making the organization as a whole look pretty bad. Especially with, um, especially if they did promise Harden that he'd be getting traded to the Clippers after he signed his player option. The whole thing just, it It stinks. <laughs> yeah. if that makes sense it doesn't there's definitely something off about this but uh i mean like i said it's hard to know when we don't have an ear in the room what's going on there yeah so um yeah it really is and what you said about um i i thought it was interesting um you talking about uh the like a hundred thousand being a pretty hefty fine um it kind of it, it is pretty it is pretty big it's um, it's definitely not, so I have a list of, like, the, the top fines in NBA history, um, and a lot of them are given out due to just people saying things that the league doesn't like, um, and they've, in terms of, like, comments against, like, the owners like this, like, the highest one I'm seeing right now is 500,000, um, 
Oh, wow. Okay, never mind. That's my bad. I'll, I take that back then. I'm off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, in, my, in my head, I was thinking that uh, that did seem like a hefty number. But if, if it is a consistent thing, it's a consistent thing, and I'm just wrong. I'm okay with that. But in my head, I was even thinking to myself, like, ooh. Yeah, that's I, fifty thousand per times per times he said it. That's a lot of money. Yeah, the thing that troubles me is like, I don't know. I I feel like you should have the freedom to say that without because nothing. If if what Tartan said is true, you could be getting fined for just like speaking his truth, which I don't necessarily love. I, I, I it's think not, it's not like a. It, but you. But the thing. The thing that I. There's a better way to do it than just yelling it out in front of a camp of okay. Well, like what's camp, the what's like the basketball camp? What's the what's the like, better proposed way then? I get, I don't know. That's that's the troubling thing because I don't know if there is a better way necessarily. Like there could have been there could have been an interview or there could have been something or he could have set something up that is just like more professional than just screaming it out twice oh, in front of a bunch of children. That's not why he got fined though. He got fined for what he said. Yeah. Not well, that's that's the it. thing. Exa- well, exactly. Like, uh, I'm more. That's that's more what I think that a player should do in that situation. He still probably would have gotten fined for it, and maybe that shouldn't be how it is. But finding him for just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what my stance is yet. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't... I, I'm kind of going back on... I'm eating my own words a little bit, but... It's very much... It know. very much feels like just a scare tactic by the league to just say, like, hey, people can't be saying stuff Shut against up. the owners. <laughs> like, it, it, it's the kind of thing where the NBA is run, like, by the owners. That's who runs the league, really. Yeah. Um, and so while, like, owners can get fined, if other owners feel like they need to be put back in line, but it's... I, I don't know. Um, it feels just like the owners lining their pockets for a player making comments against one of their own, like. Yeah, and and this has been a common thing of owners and teams versus players in the last couple years in the NBA, with more and more players just trying to get out of these lengthy contracts that are keeping them on bad teams. Obviously, Damian Lillard is a pretty good good example of that with his uh, scorched earth attempts to uh, get to Miami. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of this going on right now where it's it really just goes back to the question of who should be running the league, the players or the owners, and uh, I don't know. It's just a it's an entirely it's a tough situation just for everybody involved because I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's ne- I necessarily can fully side with James Harden just because of the fact that this he did he made such a big deal about wanting to go to Brooklyn and then he made such a big deal about wanting to go to like. Uh, Oh, now all of a sudden I'm blanking. Two of the 76ers, and then he's made. now he's making a big deal about wanting to go to the Clippers. It just doesn't... Like, when I say that I don't necessarily agree that he should be yelling it out to a basketball camp, I just mean that they're... Compared to the way that James Harden is doing it, there just has to be a better way, I guess, if that makes more sense. Like, I, I just don't know. There has to be a better way. This, this shouldn't be the way that the system as a whole works in this league. Like... Other leagues don't have this problem as much. Yeah. Where every single offseason, there's at least one big star going, lighting the whole city on fire because they want to get out. Okay, well, I, I think that's just the sport. Because you in a basketball team, you're only fielding, like, like five players. Like, 
you have your starting lineup in for most of the game. Obviously, you sub in your bench players for yeah. a large point of it. But James Harden will play most of the game. That's not the same in basically any other sport, save the MLB. But they have more players on the field. Um, like, and they're also mm, not yes. they're also not as big of a uh, product, right? Like the NBA is significantly bigger than the MLB, and I'm not like. I don't think that's too controversial. Yeah, but we've also seen this. We've also seen this happen in the NFL to a lesser degree. With to a much lesser like stars degree, opting though. out of to a much lesser degree. Yeah, like it's just an entire con- secondary conversation to have about like I guess whether players should be. It just in the last couple of years we've just seen loyalty to teams disappear, and obviously you everybody. It seems like everybody has a different opinion on the entire thing. It's just, uh, it's an interesting thing. I don't know, if, who knows if this will start spreading to other sports. Like, we're starting to, well, uh, I don't I don't think it will, because, like... I'll, I'll end what I was as, saying. As an experiment, I think it's kind of failed, like, because, um, again, I think we've talked about this before, but, like, there was, like, the ring-chasing stars, like, kind of started with LeBron's decision, like, and all of that. But that's kind of started to fail with, like, Harden's Nets mm. being one of the biggest ones. Because, again, like, team like the Nuggets is all homegrown stars. Like, they got rewarded for Yeah, you're it. saying you're saying that it's starting to fail, but that's not stopping players from doing it's it. It's not. I mean, obviously, with the, Sun, with the Suns, we're seeing Booker, Kevin Durant, and Beal. With the Lakers, they're still running LeBron, AD. Like, we're still seeing teams all across the league just try and get as many stars okay, as possible yeah. on the same squad. Then when it fails, all the stars run in different directions. Run like uh, like the failed Brooklyn one. Like you pointed that one out. Instantly after that failed, they all ran to different super teams. Yeah. Westbrook went to LA. Like uh <laughs> Durant went to the <laughs> Like you know what I mean, right? Like it's like even if the whole experiment is failing, it's not over yet. We're still seeing that in the and it's a really frustrating thing as an NBA fan to see just all these stars run from team to team to team to team. It's it's kind of it's disappointing, I guess. When I when you grew, at least like I grew up watching like a like you like players like Tim Duncan and Kobe, where they stayed on the same team their whole careers and became legends of that city. Like that, I kind of miss that part of the sport. A little yeah, bit, I guess. Yeah, I think like in terms of your point, like yes, like I agree. In terms of that point, though, like of, is it going to spread to other sports? No, I think just because of what I said before but um in terms of what you say about like not liking it as a fan i completely agree like i i'm obviously not the biggest nba fan i don't really have a dog in this race because they took away the supersonics and i'm still annoyed about that um yeah but in terms of like thinking about like if that was happening in the nfl like i we had russell wilson for 10 years and the seahawks and even then him getting well, traded yeah, away it's the same thing right but um like uh it really does ruin the entire point of cheering for one team, I guess. In, yeah, because like, you get attached to the, the players. NBA because yeah, yeah, like uh, it's like I, obviously I'm. I feel like I'm. Even you said you don't really have a dog in this race. Even I feel bad talking about it, considering I'm a Lakers fan, and obviously in the last decade and however long I've been very blessed with the players I've gotten to watch on my teams. But I, you have to feel bad for these smaller market teams that are just watching all these stars bounce back and forth like a god like a bunch of meteors flying all over the place <laughs> like uh, it's like how are you supposed to compete with a league that's constantly just reloading and moving stars everywhere it's just 
I don't know. It's just a, it's a strange world we live in right now in the NBA landscape. Yeah, and and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I keep saying I don't I, know, but I I just don't know. I don't no, know if there's an answer to it. I I agree to that, and I do think the system is fundamentally flawed in that way. But I think to wrap up the Harden story as a whole, I think as much as I can have an issue with the stars moving from team to team and the detriment that it has to generally more small market teams i think that still even if i don't love hard and jumping from team to team at the heart of it all if you've made a promise to another person um that is worth big money and a like more so time um you have to honor that and i think um, the NBA fining Harden for saying that, like, I just don't see the justification in it, even though I don't well, know what Harden is doing. Just what he's saying makes it's also, sense. Is, it, was it James Harden that came out and said that that's what happened? I guess I just don't know enough about that entire situation. Like, is there anybody else backing that up that yeah. there was an agreement there made? It, it could be, like, it could or is be it just a, James Harden? It could be a, like, he said, she said at this point. If, if it's not, and that's, James Harden's just making kind stuff of what up, I mean. like... But the thing is, and as much as I do want to believe the, the player standing up against the team, like I like we already mentioned, there's a history there, right? That makes it really hard to trust that James Harden isn't just saying whatever it takes to get the hell out. Like, uh... And even if he went to the Clippers, who knows, he wouldn't... Maybe he'd do the same thing in two years, right? When they start to suck. Yeah. Like they already do. But, you know, that's just the Clippers. Yeah, and I think... Uh, I, I'm reading more about why the NBA said they find him, and their comment is that it wasn't because he called Maury a liar. It was more because he said he wouldn't play for the team. Um, yeah, well, it's the same reason they find um, James. James just yeah. kind of the... Well, I guess it's not the same. It's a little different, I guess. But I was gonna say it's pretty the similar. Polluting thing of saying I will, I will go nowhere but this one place. Everybody else, scram. It's pretty <laughs> like, uh, similar. The NBA has shown they don't really like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it'll be. It, it's gonna be very interesting to see how this both it situations will. for both players work out. It will. It will. Um, it'll be. I. I don't know. When does the NBA? T- the NBA tips off and like. A month or two? See if they're both yeah, wearing new uniforms. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Because usually this type of stuff happens in June, but we are quickly moving back into the start. Thankfully, thankfully, we are moving back into the, into the time when sports are starting to pick back up. Obviously, we're in the NFL uh, preseason now. But uh, I don't know. Like, uh, that's a good point. Are we going to see our first season in a while where... Uh, both Dame and James Harden are going to be sitting out for the opening tip-off because they both don't want to play for the teams they're currently on. Who knows? It's going to be interesting. So we're going to be moving on in, right into the NFL with another uh, disgruntled star wanting to leave their team. Looks like we're going to have quite the... Starting to see a pattern in this episode. But uh, we're going to be talking about Jonathan Taylor finally getting permission to seek a trade away from the Indianapolis Colts. In the last couple of weeks, it's been one of the... We didn't, we didn't get the opportunity to talk about it much, but uh, it's been one of the most interesting uh, stories in the last couple of weeks with what Jim Irsay has had to say and what Jonathan Taylor's had to say in the entire thing. 
it's pretty it's been pretty entertaining it also ties right into the we into the segment that we did a couple weeks back about the running back market as a whole and how a lot of players are suddenly struggling to really get paid after a couple years in the league and whether it's fair or whether it's not fair who knows and uh, Jonathan Taylor has been one of the best players in the league for the last couple of years, and obviously the Colts want to keep him, and uh, they want to make sure that he stays here, but he does not want to be here. And he has made that very clear, and Jim Irsay basically said he'd rather die than see him on another team, which is, I believe I believe that's right. <laughs> Caleb, what do you think on this entire thing? Uh, on uh, uh, him finally getting granted his... His freedom and uh, just on Jim Marseille's comments as a whole, because I know we both wanted to talk about that. Yeah, no, it's kind of insane. Um, I'll read out the full comment from him because I just think it's kind of crazy. Um, he Please said, do. He yeah. said, <laughs> if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. We know that. The National Football League rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes. It's just a privilege to be a part of it. Uh, that's insane. Basically saying that that, isn't it. <laughs> that if Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, nobody will notice he's gone. That is a great way to make your star player feel valued in contract talks. Like, I, I don't know. That was a couple weeks ago. Um, and now, given the context yeah. of everything that's happened. A lot has happened since then. Um, that is a terror. He really dug himself his own hole. Because now, now he's trying to say, oh, we've got this really valuable running back that we would like people to trade a first-round pick for. Um, but you've already said that if he's out of the league, nobody would even notice. Um, so just great work by Jim Irsay there. Um, he's kind of been known for just being like a little bit stupid all of the time. Um, so, especially now, I don't really know what's happening, but like he said some outlandish things. I don't remember, um, there was something he said during the draft, um, I think he said something about like, oh, should we take Will Levis after drafting? Um, yeah, here, th- let me pull this up. Um, so he drafted Anthony Richardson at number four, and then he was like, oh, should, oh, we, should we draft Will no, Levis? No, I do remember that. Um, and go, yeah, he said, Colts fans, would you take Will Levis at number two if you're on the board for Colts in four hours from now and go Montana Young for franchise? Uh, Jim, buddy, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Um, like, it's just a ter- that would be a terrible man- mismanagement of draft capital. We already know that he doesn't really know how to pick his quarterbacks oh. with the him just sending a veteran in to die the last, like, three years. It's just been a quarterback graveyard. Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, everything. Um, I-, I don't know. He's just misma- mismanaging. I know GM obviously takes a little bit of blame from it, but the one consistent thing has been Jim Ursay just saying things that are don't make any sense and just digging his team even further into a hole. Um, it's things like these that make you think like, oh, at some point you need to kind of give up the franchise. Like, it's not it's not as bad as like a Dan Snyder situation, obviously, because he hasn't actually done anything bad. He's just been stupid. Um, yeah. And I, as a Colts fan, I just I don't think, know how. Uh... I think we've, and we see this a lot with owners that talk to the media a lot, I think is, it's a fairly common thing where uh, generally they'll end up saying something stupid or somebody will end up saying something stupid or it's, there, there are some owners in across like the four major sports in North America who are good at it, who can, who talk to the media a lot, are a big part of the team and, and just do a good job with that entire thing. 
And there are a lot who are really, really not good at it. And I think Jim Irsay, after this entire thing, definitely falls on the side of not very good at it. <laughs> it, it feels like if, obviously, you mentioned uh, maybe he needs to give up the team. But I don't know if that might be a bit far-stretched for me. Obviously, there hasn't been a lot of success in Indianapolis for a bit. But uh, I feel like, if anything, he just needs to maybe go a little hands off, more hands-off. I think it's just a sign that maybe... Uh, Maybe he's not the one who should be making the decisions there. Maybe that's what needs to be said. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, This entire thing is absolutely hilarious, though, for sure. Obviously, you pointed out they, they're going to be going for a first-round pick after basically running uh, Jonathan Taylor through the mud in the media. <laughs> yeah. About how he's not yada, yada, yada. If he's gone, nobody will miss him. Yada, yada, yada. And then... Obviously, and then right at the bottom of this uh, article that I've got here, it's the, they've got the, Ursay, after all the things that I, the thing is, I did enter this, and I, me and Caleb were reading this argue, or, uh, article a little bit, just trying to figure out where we wanted to start off. I did, like, try to read out what Ursay said to the media, because they have the entire quote here, and it is really poorly done, and I have no idea how to go about reading this. It is, it is quite the chunk of of text but at the end of the entire thing it just says ursay admitted to no contract talks that no contract talks have taken place with taylor not even exchanging any numbers as the running back market continues to get worse taylor chimed in his thoughts last month of running backs not getting paid yeah that just goes back to the whole running back market thing obviously we've all uh i think everybody's talked about that (laughs) including us we've talked about it plenty but um this entire thing is absolutely hilarious to me. I think it's terrible management for Mersey. Jonathan Taylor's going to probably get traded somewhere for probably not a lot. I don't think yeah. they're going to get a lot they've back tanked, from him, They've which tanked is their so own trade strange value. Considering, they've, yeah, considering how incredible of a running back their Jonathan Taylor is, and he's still young. Like uh, I know he didn't necessarily have the greatest year last year, I don't believe, but the previous year he was incredible like he's so quick and he's so athletic that he really can be the type of running back that can really help an offense but (laughs) when you when you say that when he's gone nobody's gonna miss him that's usually when you're gonna start to you know have issues with uh, (laughs) you know yeah and and there's the whole thing of him going back and forth like it's just like you don't know where he stands anymore because there's the whole thing about him saying if he's gone, nobody would miss him. And then being like, oh, he's so valuable, we're going to get a deal done. Um, like he said, like, uh, where is it? Where is it? Um, but basically saying, like, um, we're not trading him, not now, not in October. Um, like, it's never going to happen. Um, like, I, I just don't know where you stand. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I found a article from SB Nation, and I think it summed it up pretty well. It said, knowing when to be quiet has never been Jim Ursay's strong suit. Like, this situation is messy enough as it is, and he's just making it even messier. Like, he's thrusting it into the public eye when it really doesn't need to be. Yeah, and it obviously we've seen in the last year as well that running backs really aren't worth first-round picks. It's, it is interesting to me that he even thinks that he's going to get that prior to his comments and how he's definitely not going to get that now. I, I'm really curious to see how this entire thing turns out because I want to see what the Colts get back for him and obviously also where Jonathan Taylor goes because he, 
like I just mentioned, he is the type of running back who he can probably go somewhere and absolutely light it up for an offense and potentially be that game-changing running back or just piece in an offense that could really that could really just absolutely change the game. And I'll, I, I know there's been a couple of rumors around the Dolphins. They were also involved in Dalvin Cook, so clearly they're looking for a running back. It'd be that'd be an interesting team to see him on. I don't know if there's been any other teams that have really come in, out of the woodwork to be interested in Jonathan Taylor, but I know if I was a a young t- a young team that needed a bit more talent out there, I know I'd definitely be yeah jumping in to try and get a hold on him. I think especially uh, if you can get him for cheap. Yeah, and I have unless I just lost it. Yeah, no, I do. I have the odds up for who is who who might Ooh. be Jonathan Taylor's next team. And yeah, the Dolphins are the biggest one. I think the Dolphins make the most sense um, because they don't really have a star back there, and that's kind of the one part of their offense that's kind of lacking. Um, if you get a guy like Jonathan yep. Taylor back there, that's insane. Um, the top th- And also the fact that they were also involved in, there's a lot of rooms around them getting Delvin Cook. Didn't end up getting Delvin Cook. So it's I don't think it should be surprising to see them going after another star. Runner. No. Um, and I, I don't know if you want to read, so I'll give you the top, the top five are the Dolphins at one, the Bears at two, the Ravens at three, the Broncos at four, the Cowboys at five. Cowboys? Yeah. That's uh, interesting. They to- still have Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard and Jonathan Taylor duo, I guess. <laughs> it would be interesting. I guess, yeah. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. I feel like they're similar. They're kind of they're two quick guys though. Like they're, it, I don't know. It does that, feel like they're playing the same role. That's kind of what I was gonna say. Yeah, like I, it's it's just I don't understand how that would work. What did you say for number four again? Uh, number four was the Broncos. Broncos. That's another interesting one. They already have uh, Javante Williams over there. Yeah, who, he uh, is has shown injured. Flashes he is injured, though. Hurt. Like, I know, yeah. yeah when he, he's yeah. injury prone. But do we know when he's going to be coming back? That's a Injury great... prone, yeah, well, as most running backs are in this day and age. It doesn't hurt to have an But um, Oh, he was, play- he was playing in the last game, so I, th- I think he should be good to go. He is coming off a torn ACL, I think, but um, he should be good to yeah. go for the start of the season. Yeah, I... I do remember him getting hurt last year, but before he did get hurt, he was looking very, very good. Mm-hmm. The Ravens are another interesting one. So, I think I think the the big three are the three at the top of the list in terms of Ravens, Bears, and Dolphins because they're you're the Ravens. You're looking at J.K. Dobbins as a starter right now. Um, imagine Jonathan Taylor and uh, Lamar Jackson as a duo. Like that's insane. <laughs> Um, that is insane. God, the Dolphins never playing Madden again. Yeah, the Dolphins with Raheem <laughs> Mostert. Like that's um, put him in that backfield. Imagine doing some stuff like pull a fake jet sweep with Tyreek and then send Jonathan Taylor around the other side. Like that would be insane. That is unfair. And then ju- same yeah. similar kind of thing to Lamar, but Justin Fields and um, Jonathan Taylor. The starting running back there right now is Khalil <laughs> Herbert, um, who's a good player, but um, not Jonathan Taylor caliber obviously there's not a lot of players in this league who are jonathan taylor caliber that's true that's true um yeah which is why i think it'll be it all just comes back to how much you value a running back yes it all comes back to that yeah because uh let's say you are the dolphins are you gonna give up a second round pick or third round pick yeah for them 
Because uh, also think about what I don't remember exactly what the 49ers had to give up for a guy like McCaffrey, and uh, but that's the only similar kind of trade that I can think of that went down. And even and even with McCaffrey being more injury prone than I think Jonathan Taylor has been, Jonathan Taylor's obviously gotten hurt, but not as much as McCaffrey. Although maybe that could just be him not being in the league as long. Yeah, I think. So. I think it's going to be. Uh, I I believe it was what what was it for McCaffrey? Uh, it was a second. I'd, I'd have to look up. It was a second round pick, a third round pick, a fourth round pick, and then a fifth round pick for the next year. Okay, so would you would you trade that same package if you were the Dolphins for Jonathan Taylor? Yes, I think that's the question. Yes, yeah, I would. It's a lot of draft capital, but I would probably. It is like, eh, maybe not quite as much. Like it is a lot of draft capital, but you're still not giving up a first round pick. I would probably do a little bit less. Like I'd take <laughs> away maybe the third rounder or the fourth rounder. You want to do like a second and a second and a fourth and second and a fifth, like that kind of thing. Maybe even second and a third to only give away like two picks instead of four. That might be a little bit more feasible, um, just in terms of how much capital you're actually giving up. But um, for a player of his caliber and how much it can add to an offense, with the caveat that you do have to extend him, um, then I think I think that's interesting. And I do want to say like. Um, to kind of head back to what you were saying, like how much you trade for him is kind of just how much you value running backs in general. And I do think this situation is kind of a microcosm of everything that we've been hearing about and talking about with running backs in general. It's the biggest name player that has been dealing with something like this. It's had the most people speaking out about it, and it's going to impact the team the most. So I think however this turns out, um, it might set a standard for how that goes in the future. If he gets a lot back and gets signed to a big extension, maybe the future is looking a little brighter for running backs. If even Jonathan Taylor can't fetch that kind of um, draft capital or money in an extension when the whole league is able to basically bid on him, um, then I think things might be looking a little bit rough for running backs in the future. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. I think this this has the potential to be a fr- or sorry, not franchise, a like league changing deal, whichever yeah. way it goes. It could be good, could be bad. Yeah. We'll just have to see how it works out. I I think it's gonna probably lean towards bad if I were to give a prediction. I don't think that uh, I don't think anything that we've seen in the last couple of years is gonna sh- is showing anything that'll really make <laughs> that makes me very confident in the fact that Jonathan Taylor is gonna pull a lot and then sign a massive extension. He'll get a good he'll get good money. Don't get me wrong. But he's not going to get wide receiver money. He's not going to get linebacker money. He's going to get running back money. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that, I think. I think it will be smaller than anticipated. When a player like Dalvin Cook is getting like a middle of preseason free agent deal kind of thing. Um, Jonathan Taylor, obviously younger, more valuable. But Dalvin Cook is still a star in this league. And to see him get that little is kind of indicative of what owners think right now. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see, but I think it might turn out that way. Um, just to, to finish off this segment, I think there's been a couple things floating around and I'll propose them both to you. I think one of them is stupid and one of them is interesting. So the one that I think is stupid (laughs) is that, um, in terms of potential landing spot is 
the Eagles. So the Eagles, in terms of odds, are actually decently high. They're okay, like middle of the pack, but like top. The half. Eagles currently have they, they have, have an Swift? insane depth chart. Like it is so deep. Yeah. Why would you? You don't out of Do any of the Sanders? teams, or does he go? No, he's gone. But everybody else there, it's four players deep, and all of them have significant playing time. Like experience, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, all of these players have been used in games before um, significantly. Mm-hmm. Like they're all very like high caliber running backs. All four of them. Can I? Are you going to add another play, one? Uh, can I just to play devil's advocate to that a little bit? And I, I think I already know what your response gonna, is to be to it is going to be, but I'm going to say it anyway. I none of those players are anything as good as Jonathan Taylor. Like, we've seen flashes from Swift in the past where he's looked really, really strong and looked... And who knows, he could be that for the Eagles. And we've seen... Same thing with Penny, despite injuries. I think we can both say as Seattle Seahawks fans that we've seen him play really well at times and we've seen him play really bad at times. Like, there are... And uh, and just as a whole, there's a lot of depth there. It would definitely not hurt to bring in a guy like... Uh, Jonathan Taylor to really just enhance that room. Obviously, you'd have to kick one of the guys off the depth chart, so you'd have to find a way to probably get rid of one of them in that deal, which I'm sure is fine. It's doable. And then, uh, I don't know. I think I think it would help the Eagles out a lot, but I totally get where you're coming from. They're definitely not necessarily the most... It's not the most needed spot, but it is still an upgrade. Yeah. For sure. I, like, I, uh, I, uh, and, I mean, Hurts and... Uh, we've been talking about quarterback and running back matchups this entire time with Fields and Taylor and potentially Lamar and Taylor. Hertz and Taylor would be pretty damn cool too. Like, uh, that's another really cool backfield. So, I don't know. I I see it. I see it. I don't see it as much as the other ones, but I see it. No, I I just don't under... I just wouldn't understand that. You already invested so much in the position by just having those four players and the amount of investment you would have to put into a guy like Jonathan Taylor. Like, this is why we're having this conversation in the first place about running backs is because it can hamper you. And I think you... I think at a position as injury-prone as running back, I think having this much depth is actually a good approach. Um... I just don't I think adding to it with a big name star player would actually like if he gets injured it hurts more than it helps, right? Um they already have enough players to yeah. cover that. That's why I don't understand it as much. Um because yes, obviously none of them are as good as Jonathan Taylor, but as a whole cuz rest is valuable, right? Like as a whole, if you're giving each of them a few downs, like if you're rotating those guys out consistently, then um I don't know, is a it like Obviously, they're still not going to be as good, but keep the value of keeping your guys yeah. fresh that late in the game is like, I think, very important. But I'll I'll move on to to, to finish off the segment. This is another one that I think I don't know. I don't even know. I'm not even going to look at cap space because I don't really care. Um, cap space is lie, anyways. <laughs> but um, this is another one that I think is interesting, and I think this one is less stupid. I think it's actually very interesting. Um, I saw in an article that proposed that Jonathan Taylor could go to the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that is significantly oh. more interesting. Isaiah Pacheco is their that starting is running back. That is significantly more interesting. He is he's currently good too, in- but he's... he's currently injured. Oh, um, is he? Yeah, oh, I think it's, it's minor, but I don't know if he's going to be there to play the first game. Um he has a shoulder injury, so he's not a hundred. Yeah, let's bring in Jonathan Taylor for week one. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, I just think it's something that'll be very interesting. Oh, God. In terms of how that broken that could be. That would be so lethal. Holy crap. Yeah. What do you even do? You yeah. focus on the run game, and Patrick Mahomes is going to literally throw throw it into the end zone from his end zone. You focus on the pass game, and Jonathan Taylor is going to be in your end zone before he can even realize you made a mistake. Yeah. Like, holy crap. What do you even focus on? Yeah. Like, uh, and that's the that thing. That would be unfair. It would be yeah. unfair. <laughs> are the Chiefs going to do it? No. Have they ever really valued running backs no, other no. than when they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the end of the first round? Which, again, how did that work yeah. out for them? Like, no. Um, it's Is it going to happen? No. Is it something interesting to think about? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to have dreams about or nightmares about if you're a fan of an AFC West team. But, yeah. <laughs> I... I I I, oh. I think to some thankfully an NFC fan. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm glad the Seahawks played the Chiefs you know, last it's all, year. We'll it's all it's all so fun and games until Jonathan. Ta- it's yeah, it's all fun and games until Jonathan Taylor gets traded to the 49ers and creates an ultimate backfield featuring uh, Debo Samuel, uh, McCaffrey, and himself. Simon, I will leave the podcast. <laughs> Don't speak this blasphemy anymore. Yeah. What, you don't want to see the three-man backfield? They're going to have three running backs in the backfield running all over the place like a bunch of goddamn idiots. <laughs> it's going to be great. I, uh, I think I'd rather die. God, I hate football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, As a Mariners fan myself, I've been pretty excited with the developments over the last couple weeks, even the last couple, even the last month or so, I'd say. Um, I am going to admit... I. I don't watch baseball too closely, but I follow along, and even as a casual Mariners fan, I had kind of given up hope. I had assumed that uh, last season of making the playoffs for the first time in 21 years or whatever it was, uh, I assumed that was all a fluke, and I assumed that we were doomed to be the same mediocre team that we've been for the last about 20 years or so. Uh, That is turning around. Uh, in the last little bit, Seattle has had a seven-game win streak, an eight-game win streak, um, multiple stretches where they're barely losing, and most notably of all, and what we, we're going to touch on in this segment, is Seattle star on a t- 12-year contract, Julio Rodriguez, has ha- broken the MLB record for most hits in four games. He has hit 17 balls in the last four games, which is insane. Um, and it's led to one of my favorite graphics of all time, uh, which is that Julio <laughs> Rodriguez is the same amount of hits as the entire New York Yankees team in the last four games. He has four more wins than they do, one more run than they do, and five more stolen bases than they do, which is five to zero um, for Julio. Versus, again, let me make sure everybody understands this, the entire New York Yankees team. Simon, what do you think about all of this? It's it's pretty interesting. Huh? I mean, it is pretty cool to see. That is a that is a nuts, a nuts stat. Like the fact that he's, because obviously we can go even more into that four-game stretch. He started off going four and six, four for six against the Kansas City Royals. Already a pretty crazy stat line. Followed it up with a five- for five again, I believe against the or five, uh, yeah, five for five. I said that right against the Kansas City Royals, I believe again. Then four for five against Houston, and then four for six. 
which is absolutely nuts. That is a ridiculous run to go on. And obviously it helps his whole team has been playing pretty damn incredible like Seattle has been doing. It is uh, pretty cool to see a Rodriguez finally actually work out in Seattle. And um, I think, I don't know, it's... It is kind of cool to see. You, obviously, you mentioned they've been. You guys have been mediocre for the last little while. It is cool seeing uh, that you guys do a little bit better. Hopefully, you guys get crapped on by uh, the Jays later in the season. But um, I don't know. It, it's cool. It is a. It's a cool stat. Like the whole thing with uh, their whole recent run has been very interesting. Everybody loves seeing the Astros getting stomped. You guys managed to beat them a couple times. The whole thing's pretty nice to see. Yeah, it is. I. I love that we are the uh, fan favorite right now. Um, I'm hoping that we're able to win the AL, AL West, pull it away from the Astros, which wouldn't be like, I remember doing a podcast um, uh, around the MLB trade deadline, and I don't even know if we even got around to ever talking about it, but we were talking about it a little bit before the podcast. And a lot of the deals, all of the deals that the Mariners made were selling. A huge indication that the front office believed that this was not the time. They're selling off major pieces. Yeah. They sold off Paul Seawald, um, who's been their closer for a very long time, a very good one at that. Um, and normally when that happens, when you sell off a bunch of those pieces, your team gets worse. But they've managed to get better. They've, after the trade deadline, they've just gone on a tear, um, which I think is so interesting and it kind of speaks to how streaky baseball is i mean the reds had a similar thing with ellie ellie de la cruz coming into oh, the yeah. lineup um you want to you want to talk about tear. streaky we can we can even go back to snyder on the blue jays going out off for like uh two games or three games straight how however whatever it was his run was pretty fucking stupid like that we're we're seeing a lot of that this season in baseball where just not necessarily i wouldn't call them stars or just absolutely going just doing insane star worthy things. Obviously, we saw Domingo uh, Germain's uh, no no hitter earlier this season. It's perfect another game. one where I, he's not necessarily perfect game. Sorry, like uh, his perfect game where he that's not something you would have ever expected a pitcher. Not saying that he's a bad pitcher by any means, but he is no no all star pitcher. Like uh, we're just this, strangely. Well, I guess not even strangely. This is a fairly common thing in baseball. We're just seeing guys who aren't necessarily stars just do incredible things, and it's cool to see. Yeah, it really is. And um, I think that, like, I, again, I, I do want to uh, emphasize, like, just how huge this streak is. It's not just, uh, like, the same kind of streak that we've been seeing throughout the season, at least for Julio. Um, it's a 98-year-old record held by Milt Stock, which is the oldest like a hundred year old white man name of all time um uh, can you say it again i i, I think milt, i missed it a little bit milt stock milt stock wow what a name what a name uh he had 16 hits in four games in 1925 for the brooklyn robins a team that hasn't existed for a very long time yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is something, this is a complete tangent, but I do want to say this a little bit. As somebody who has done a lot of PA announcing in the last little bit, I can say that, like, whenever I choose to have a kid, I will be naming them so, a very cool name that's fun to announce over a microphone. That is very <laughs> important to me. And I just want to say that Milt Stock does not qualify. No. <laughs> that is, that is not, that is not it. 
Whoever, who, no offense to Milt Stock. I hope I am not, but uh, goddamn. Okay, can I go? <laughs> can I can I go off on a on a completely unrelated tangent? Um, yeah. I looked up the Brooklyn Robins um, just because I was curious. Uh, the Brooklyn Robins are the modern LA Dodgers, and now if you look yeah. back through the name history of the LA Dodgers, uh, this is insane. Um, let's play guess what name comes next. They start off as the Brooklyn Grays in 1883. Then, get your guesses in your head, they become the Brooklyn Atlantics. Okay, nothing too crazy. Then they decide that was a terrible name, and then they go back to the Brooklyn Grays for three years. And then, get your guesses in your head, you'll never under, you'll never guess what it is, they become the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Bridegrooms. I don't understand why. I don't understand. What does that even mean? Like, isn't a bridegroom like, like, like the like the man in a wedding? Yeah, a man on his well, wedding day or just before and after the event. Oh man, that's a great name no, for a baseball well, team. Well, I was gonna say like a bride. It's a bride, like the woman, like <laughs> and a groom. That's what I was thinking in my head. I was like, what the hell? Why would yeah. why do you combine that? <laughs> so I think that's what a lot of people might have been thinking because bridegrooms only lasted two years, and then they heard people mm. like Simon say that's too confusing. So they just went with the Brooklyn yeah. grooms for four years, and then they said, you know what? We're not falling to pressure. We're turning our name back to the Brooklyn bridegrooms for another two years. Oh hell yeah! And now, hell yeah! <laughs> and now they say. You know what? It like this whole bridegrooms thing has been cool. We've had a version of it for ten years, but we want to go in a completely different direction with a word that I don't even think exists. The Brooklyn Super Boss? What is a super ba? Super B A S. What is a super ba? Super Boss. Super Boss. Oh, you know what it maybe they like tried to like be like hip and cool and like shorten baseball? You know, like super, you know what I mean? Wouldn't yeah. That be, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The only thing that I'm getting when I'm looking up super boss is getting super bass by Nicki Minaj. So I don't really know what that's supposed they to knew. say. They knew. You know what? Actually, they knew. Yeah. No, actually, it was like named after Nicki Minaj, despite being probably like however many years previous, however many decades. <laughs> I think that might be it. <laughs> Um, but then, then they start getting into like, okay, now, now after the super boss thing, which lasted 11 years, that this was no like, Understandable. it is a 10 out of 10 name. Then they became the Brook. They finally start to become the team. They know them today. The Brooklyn trolley Dodgers. That's where the name Dodgers comes from. It's people dodging trolleys. Um, <laughs> that's where the name comes from. But, and then they finally simplified it to Brooklyn Dodgers. And then they decided yeah. to become the Robins for 20 years, and then they went back to the Dodgers. And I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. That is the most chaotic yeah. name yeah. history I've ever seen in any team ever. The only reason I know that is because of an SNL skit where they wake up Captain America from like uh, his however many years slumber, and he wakes up and goes, so how are my uh, Brooklyn Dodgers doing? And they go like, oh, uh, they're in L.A. now, and then he goes back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> At least I think that's what it was. It's been a while, but it's a good skit. But, how are my uh, anyway. Brooklyn bridegrooms yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah, how are my Brooklyn bride 
groom's doing, exactly. And they should have stuck with that. Imagine like imagine calling imagine hearing a call. That's old that's another that goes back to what I was saying about like uh, the PA announcing, like the bridegrooms have won the World Series. <laughs> oh, that would be legendary. <laughs> and that's a terrifying logo too. Oh my oh, god. That's am I, it's am just I gonna a, have to put something on the screen? Yes, I'm gonna I'll I'll send that to you right now. <laughs> Uh, that's awful. So they do have like just the word mark logo that literally just says Brooklyn Bridegrooms. That's not too bad. But then okay. their actual logo that I think they would have on their hats, like according to this picture, is just like someone dressed up like a bride, but it's a child. It's a literal child. This this child is like <laughs> two years old. Um, I don't know why you would put this. Are you on sure your you helmet. got the? De- I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty <laughs> sure I have this right. Um, I'm pretty confident. What the hell is that? Yeah. I don't know where that came from. I don't know if they actually wore that on their hats or if this is a real thing. Uh, but <laughs> it's something. <coughs> Hopefully I remember to put that on the screen. If I don't, go look it up because it is it's a, it's a logo, all right. Yep. <laughs> it is a logo. That was, yeah. a, that was a worthy tangent, though. I'm I'm happy we discovered the bridegrooms. <laughs> if I ever if I ever do uh which I probably won't, but if I ever do do MLB like uh fantasy, like you know, all that stuff, I will be naming my team the bridegrooms. <laughs> I call the super boss. Like, uh, that, <laughs> the super boss. <laughs> God, I I really hope that like some owner was just like, guys. Like, they were all, like, just drunk at a bar, and they were all just, like, you know, they were, like, throwing names out there. It was just, like, guys, guys, listen, listen. Like, like baseball, Tula, Tula, base, base, Tula. <laughs> take take it all out. Take the E out. Take Just take the E out. Super Boz. We're going big. <laughs> you know, that was it. For ten years, nobody questioned it. That's what I like to picture with that. Like, uh, ten out of ten name. 10 out of 10. They should have kept it. The LA Super Buzz? That's way better than the Dodgers. <laughs> oh, apparently they were also named at one point um, in 1877 before the team was like really a thing. They were named the Brooklyn Hartfords, which is a team in a different city in a different state named after a different city in a different state. I was about to say. <laughs> it would be uh, like calling it the Calgary, like, the, the Calgary Vancouver's. Like. <laughs> Calgary Saskatoon's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, apparently they were also called the Brooklyn Ward's Wonders at some point. Okay. I don't know who, I don't Why know did they Ward. Change? Why did yeah. they change these? I, I don't Who's understand. Ward and why is he a wonder? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. These are the these are the questions that I need answered. Oh, I remember might, when we I were talking have... about the Mariners? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. This is more interesting. I might have a, Sorry, I might Mariners have an fans. answer for you. Um, <laughs> apparently these names were not official. Uh, they oh, were they were used no. by fans and newspaper sports writers to describe the team. Um, not in any f- official capacity. The lead team's legal name was the Brooklyn no! Baseball Club. I think you say no, but I think that's even ah! funnier that 
No, I just Phantom messed up my Sports camera because I hit my desk in frustration. I'm so mad. That is That's upsetting. so upsetting. That is upsetting. Like, oh, no, I oh, feel no. like I just got told Santa isn't real. Okay, ah. okay, but that's so confusing though because I looked up the Brooklyn Super Boss and I swear that I saw like baseball cards with it on that. So like, I don't understand. <laughs> there, there is Brooklyn Super Boss. God, does it breaking have a... my heart? I want, I, I wanted to see them march onto the field wearing goddamn bride dresses and ties. Like that would have been so <laughs> legendary. Like, imagine it. That would have been the best baseball team in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, this is so confusing. Oh, that's there's so another, disappointing. There's another, I'm finding a baseball card. It says, like, there, it's on the cards. Is this not the official name? The Brooklyn Super Boss. <laughs> it, it says the Brooklyn Super Boss, but then at the bottom it says it's signed by someone from the Brooklyn Ooh. Nationals. Is the Brooklyn Nationals a different team? Why is he signing the card? What what's the I don't understand. This is this is so Oh this and is such a rabbit hole. Apparently it got so confusing with all of the names they had for this team that there is conflict now between baseball historians and to what to call the teams from the past. So the nineteen sixteen Brooklyn team like won the league and most of them called the team the Robins, but the newspapers, okay. all of the newspapers called them the Super Boss. Oh my god. That just goes back to the... the Super Boss is such a dumb name as well. That just goes back to the... The, the call it must have been... The Super Boss have won the World Series! Like, it's... <laughs> oh, that's so much better. Like, God, go back to that. That's better. <laughs> Petition to uh, have a bunch of the MLB team names. We'll just auction off all of the names that the Dodgers have used throughout their history. And then that can be the names that... <laughs> The Seattle yeah. Super Boss. The to loop it back to the topic oh! that we were supposed to be talking about. The Seattle <laughs> Super Boss. Oh, that'd make them so much better to cheer for. <laughs> that would be so a legendary. Fan if we were the Super Boss, I I just might. That that might be enough for me to jump ship. The Super <laughs> Boss is such a good name. Oh, put that Super Boss Bride. Oh my god, just take the city name out. Just like, let's just combine the whole thing. The Super Boss Bridegrooms? What even is that? That's even better. <laughs> Where are they from? No one knows. They're the traveling wonder. <laughs> <laughs> they're Ward's Wonders. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. There you go. Oh, what a team. God, that what is so legendary. Uh, oh, I'm so disappointed in that entire franchise that they got rid of any of those names those are so good yeah that's like Ugh. oh man that that's so that is upset i need to like i feel like i could do research on this for days the nickname section on the dodgers is like it's like pretty chunky <laughs> but it's not like i feel like you could write essays on this yeah and i that, believe that, it and that isn't yeah. even the fact that like um <laughs> Like that, that this sentence exists, which is about their name now, which is the Dodgers, obviously. Um, but saying the name yeah. Trolley Dodgers implies the dangers posed by trolley cars in Brooklyn generally, which in 1892 began the switch from horsepower to electrical power, which made them much faster and hence were regarded by as more dangerous. 
So a modern baseball team is named after the fact that in the eight, late 1800s, people were scared of trolleys because they moved faster than horses. So they thought they would have to dodge them. And this wow. is the most sane name that this team has had. You know what? I agree with you, Caleb. Dodgers need to change your name. Bring, Bring back, back the Super Buzz. Bring, Bring back, back the Super Buzz. <laughs> it needs to happen. It is. It it's just meant to be. I mean, like, have you seen like all these logos? You could go back to any of these, and I would instant. All the Dodgers fans would probably be so mad, and I would love every second of it. It would be yeah. so great. Like, uh, have you? Do you see this baby logo on this bridegroom's hat? Like, are you telling me that's not incredible? At the the very least, at the very (laughs) least, pull out the baby logo again on a retro jersey. Like, come on, we need the throwback. We do need the throwback. It needs to happen. And staying over in the MLB, we'll quickly talk about a pretty interesting thing that's kind of hit the the news cycle in the last day or two with uh, Tommy Pham and... uh, it's really, there's a lot of things to talk about here, so frankly, I don't even know where to start, but uh, I'll just start by kind of explaining the whole situation. He uh, had somebody kicked out be- from one of his games, because, or uh, he's an Arizona Diamondback, for anybody who doesn't know. He got somebody kicked out from an Arizona Diamondback game because they apparently yelled something at him that he didn't really like, and uh, a lot of videos have, recent- have since come out, and a lot of takes on it, and on what the guy might have said. I might just throw this to you, Caleb. I'm trying to think of... Where do you even start on this entire thing? Because it's an overall a very interesting topic to really yeah. talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of insane. Um, so I'll just read. So yeah, like Simon said, that's what happened. Is there's an altercation in the game while I think Tommy Pham was waiting to go up and bat. So if you can, the video's out there. Anybody wants to yeah. look it up. Or even like Simon, if you want to like... like editor simon if you want to put at least just the the video up on the screen not even of the audio of it obviously but just the 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 visual is very funny because tommy is talking to people in the stands while his teammate is like getting a base hit you can see it very clearly in the background as the he hits for a base hit and the crowd cheers while he's like yelling at the fans i think that's really funny um but yeah, so the video came out um, from this guy, um, who apparently there was a fan. It was a fan in front of this guy that was who recorded, who was saying stuff to Tommy Pham. The stuff you can hear yeah. in the video um, is like him saying like Tommy Pham is accusing the fan of calling him a piece of shit, and yeah. Um, basically he there's a lot of a lot of things a lot of fun yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of he said she said then the guy who apparently said that go says to him like go strike out like just go strike out um which is really funny i wonder if he struck out after that yeah which is really funny (laughs) that's more what Um, i want to know yeah and then tommy fam starts going off at him for like um like going after players of color specifically um which is again another whole aspect of it it's just an ugly situation the the unfortunate thing about the video is it doesn't show what the guy who was sitting in front his name was uh, revealed as brian at least that's what the twitter post says it doesn't really show what the what brian says 
or like I, it clearly starts right like after he yelled something at Tommy Pham and it's not in, it's not very clear what he said like it that just absolutely sent Pham off on this long like uh, tangent that you see in the video it, it's a very interesting thing there's also he also uh, described another altercation in the <laughs> that happened outside of the team hotel where um, obviously for anybody who didn't know Tommy Pham I believe played for the Mets I think this is where this happened in New York right my memory serves is that right yeah yeah I believe so you're not Caleb you're not giving me an answer so I'm just yeah I I, I I I but, don't uh, know I don't know Okay, I, I think it was Mets, because that's what I read. I, he was a member of the Mets previous to this, or previous to the season. And the altercation, this one's a little bit easier to uh, explain. She, she So she was drunk. This this is Tommy Pham's own words. This is the quote that I'm reading off from uh, Jesse Friedman on Twitter. Is, she was drunk. F you, Tommy Pham. That's why we got rid of you. And he said, lady, I reached free agency. They didn't get rid of me. In fact, they tried to resign me. That one, that one is kind of more interesting because that's just kind of like a thin-skinned. <laughs> feel like if you're an athlete, you're gonna get stuff like that yelled at you. That's just part of the game. I think you're gonna. I think just kind of letting it, just brushing it off is better than bringing it up to the media. I don't know. This one's this one's a bit tougher to me because there's yeah. a lot of stuff that Tommy Pham says in reaction that aren't the best things to no. yell into the crowd either. So I don't know. It's really I don't know not if there's necessarily a good stance to have on anything. <laughs> and I think I think the funny the funniest part of this whole story is what Tommy Fam. So that tweet came out, the tweet that we keep referencing, the tweet with the video and everything. Yeah. Um I'll just read the tweet. So it says Tommy Fam has some severe anger management issues. He was just waiting to go off on someone. This video is from my wife after he just started losing his shit. I'm not there today. Um, Brian is the guy who sits directly in front of him, who is the guy who supposedly said something to him. In the three seasons we've had our tickets, he has never been disrespectful to, the, to a player, talking about Brian. He might take some lighthearted jabs, but nothing has ever elicited a response like this. The ghost strikeout jab was after he started going off. I'll also go on record that he teases the white players just as much as the minorities in the league, which he's mentioning because of what Fam said. Um, it's disappointing to see yeah. Fam go straight to the race card. He needs some serious help. I hope he finds peace. That's the tweet that gets posted. That's how this situation gets blown up because this video has now and just to be clear, views. that's from Patrick Daly on. Yes, that's from Patrick Daly on Twitter. Yes. So the entire thing is really interesting, just in the fact that there's not really a there's a lot of different takes on it. I think there's a lot of. Uh, the truth is probably, like it always is, somewhere in the middle. Because, uh, like, I we do uh, there is a couple opinions on what Brian might have said that I don't really feel like repeating on this podcast. And um, But who knows yeah. if it's true or not. Like, there's no yeah. real evidence of anything. If you guys like, want, want to see that, you can look it up yourselves. Like, Yeah, um, it's it's in the tweet. It's, there is it's some the text. Uh, yeah, it's in the tweet. And it's it's an overall like uh, if you're interested you can look it up. I we won't read it here. I don't think I'll. Yeah, I don't think I'll put it on screen. I I don't know if I I would have put anything on screen as as, yeah. as of this. I feel like I've already. We'll we'll see if future how lazy future Simon is. But if you're if you're interested in that you can look it up. I think that's probably the more. It's the smarter way to do things. 
I know Caleb, you wanted to br- earlier. You brought up the <laughs> the fact that he had slapped someone over fantasy football. Oh yeah, even, I feel like even that's before an important that, thing to bring up as well. Even before like. <laughs> that, I just want to get into what he replied to this tweet that we keep talking about because I think that's the funniest part of the story. And oh, did he? It's gotten, did he reply it's, to it? Yes, he did. Um, this oh. is be- it got so under his skin that he said. Since this guy wants to block me and act like his friend is a model citizen, I'll put $100,000 up to him if he passes a lie detector test saying he didn't call me a piece of... um, If he doesn't pass, which he won't, says Tommy Pham, MLB will ban him for life from all stadiums. I think that is I wonder if this is something that the MLB has agreed upon. Oh, there's no way. I wonder if he, like, he sat down... No, 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 no. Just, like, he sat down with Rob Manfred and he was like, This guy... This you won't believe what he called me. He called me. Looks back and forth, a piece of shit. He used a swear word. Oh, <laughs> you and then Rob Manfred went. Oh my god, we must ban him immediately from every arena forever. But first, like you all have the to people like, who have, all, all the people yeah. have ever said that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a wild thing because obviously, like I'm not I'm not condoning. If that is what he said, I'm not condoning it at all. I all I am saying is like that seems a bit of ex- extreme for one, and I feel like fam should probably stop <laughs> bringing it up. Just let yeah. it die. It doesn't. Like, it will it die doesn't if bode you let well it. on him. It doesn't bode well on him for overreacting to this kind of thing because just like you were no, talking about not. with with the slap, like that's kind of an, um, an indication of how like poorly he reacts to these kind of things so the slap happened between him and um jock peterson when they were on the same team i don't remember which team it was um uh, so would have been the mets i think the mets. i think it was it was a year last ago. season i believe he was on the yeah then i think it would have been the mets um oh, it, was I, on the, it was on the reds he was on the reds so oh, never mind i don't know what i'm talking about then <laughs> so tommy fam went up and just slapped jock peterson um and it was because of a couple things. It was um, because of two things. One thing um, was the fantasy football stuff. Um, apparently there was a feud between them. He said, I didn't like the sketchy shit going on. Too much money on the line. Fucking with my money. Um, and that's part of why he slapped him. Uh, and then um, the other thing was, was that Jock Peterson sent a GIF making fun of the Padres to a team group chat. And the Padres was the team that Tommy Pham used to be on. And the gif was, it was just a stupid thing of like, there was three weightlifters that had like the team logos on the chest. It was like the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Padres. And they're like trying to lift the weights and the Dodgers and Yankees can and the Padres like crumble or whatever. And that was part (laughs) of it too. Um, That's... That's interesting, huh? And apparently from this group chat, Fam responded, Jock, I don't know you well enough to make any jokes like this. Peterson wrote back, it was meant to be all fun and games, no hard feelings, sorry if you took it that way. Um, And then, yeah, he said, uh, what did Jock Peterson said? He he basically, oh, I, I don't have the full quote in front of me, but I read it at some point where he was basically saying like, oh, he's saying disrespectful shit about my former team oh yeah um yeah he said i slapped jock he said some shit i don't condone i had to address it that's insane <laughs> like that that, insane. Ne- neither like, of those two things are enough to elicit that kind of a response <laughs> what i what i was imagining is the slap fight occurred because of like like uh 
It was just as simple as, like, you know, Jock beat him that week in fantasy football, and he just was like, I would have beat you if I started Dalvin Cook. No, you <laughs> wouldn't. And then just, like, something like that. That's what I like to picture. That That's what I like to picture happened. But, you know, who knows? Who, know, who knows what really happened? Well, I guess you just said what really happened. But I <laughs> that's that's my own headcanon. Just some, like, really crappy, like, fantasy football feud. Like, if I had only started Dalvin Cook instead of... The G. Harris. <laughs> Something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like you're speaking from experience, Simon. <laughs> I know you had Najee last year. That didn't go too well for you, it. hey? <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. I think I've got to protect myself so that Simon doesn't come up and slap me across the face and we do a draft <laughs> next year. Or, like, in a couple days. <laughs> yeah, <I guess>. just... <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> Keep the Padres' name... Out of your effing mouth! That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching the Trick Play Podcast this week. Uh, a little bit shorter this week. Uh, not quite as many topics, but I hope uh, we, we, got some, we got some quality over quantity here on this uh, edition of the podcast. Because uh, we covered some pretty fun things. Um, learned about the Brooklyn Superboss and Tommy Pham, which I did not know an hour and ten minutes ago, so that's very cool. Uh, if you guys liked what you heard today, um, you can follow us on all the platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any place where there are things, that is where we are. So uh, come check us that's out. It would, mean, it would mean a lot to us if you took two seconds out of your day to give us a follow. Um, I'm going to end off the podcast like i always do with a shout out to something um and originally the shout out was going to go to the washington commanders for snapping the baltimore ravens 24 game preseason winning streak now that is impressive and again that reign of dominance for in the preseason for the ravens could be it's and everybody knows segment. the preseason matters too so oh, super it does so it's like very it was very impressive what the commanders were able to do. It's truly historic, but I don't think it's quite as historic as what the player who I am giving the shout out to just did. Uh, Bijan Robinson. Now a little bit uh, behind the scenes. I was going to give it to the commanders, like I said, but uh, I went to go take a piss midway through recording this podcast. And when I went to go take a piss, I opened up my, the score app, and I saw something that I don't think I've ever seen in my entire life. I saw a commercial for a product called Bijan Mustardson. This is Bijan Robinson's own personal mustard. I don't think I've ever brand. seen a better spiral on a hot dog. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, that oh. is one of the greatest commercials I think I've ever seen. Um, it's like a touchdown in your mouth. What a great slogan. Um, and this isn't, like, mind you, this isn't just, like, Heinz sponsoring, like, or B. John Robinson. Like, he's not a spokesperson for another mustard company. Make no mistake, he is not even in the league yet. Like, he hasn't played a single down of real regular season NFL football. And he has already has his own mustard brand. Me, personally, oh, yeah. I cannot wait to go to... I'm, I'm sure they probably won't sell it in Canada, which, like, sucks. Um, but whenever I get a chance to go into the States, the first thing I'm doing is going to a grocery store and buying me a jug of Bijan Mustardson. Oh, I, I oh, can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. That is, <laughs> that is a 10 out of 10, uh, 
10 out of 10, uh, shout out at the end. Definitely deserved. I think, uh, if, if his, I, I personally believe that, um, a player's ability to sell mustard is a very good sign that they will translate to the NFL field better than anything, frankly. I, we obviously know that, um, a big example is Johnny Menzel, not known for selling mustard. Look how that looked worked out. Like exactly, it's 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 a very very common common line. I think this is a very good sign for his future. I mean, did you see the way he caught that hot dog? That's experience. Oh, it was that's practice. It was. Yeah, that's technique and skill. If he can catch a hot 10. dog, Gonna, ima- and, yeah. If he can oh, catch a, if he if he can catch a hot dog, imagine what he can do it for the football. That's so much bigger and so much easier to catch than a hot dog. Yeah, and also, can I just say it's like a touchdown in your mouth? Might be my new favorite slogan for anything. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I I as a little as a little um as a little thing. I I'm the one who generally edit who generally edits most of the things. I uh, I can now say as a spoiler for something that will probably be going on Instagram is I am definitely now going to be making going to edit that commercial as an advertisement for Trick Play, putting the logo on the hot dog so it spirals through the air, and yeah. then it'll just be Bijan Robinson catching the Trick Play logo and saying Trick Play, it's like a hot or it's like a touchdown in your mouth. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah is that is perfect. <laughs> It all it is, is perfect and it is necessary. <laughs> it really is. So to to Bijan Robinson for not only being the greatest mustard <laughs> spokesperson I think we'd have ever seen in the league for not ha- not only having endless charm for not having a very creative brand opportunity that he just took advantage of, but also for giving us free advertising ideas. Um, it's Damn not, right. st- it's Helps not new. stealing. It's, it's fair use. We've got this, um, uh, <laughs> for that. Yeah, uh, let's hope we, if Bijan, <sighs> Mr. Bijan Mustardson, if you sue us, I am B- sorry. <laughs> Bijan, we are <laughs> but giving it would, you. I had to because it was funny. Yes. Bijan, it's, it's if, if you're listening, thing. if you're listening, Bijan, um, oh my this God. shout out is, uh, is us Can paying we... amends. Can I, can I like quickly take a little bit of a, uh, we were just talking about the greatest mustard salesman NFL. I think he's actually got some comp- competition. Yeah. This Are is you looking, looking up yeah. historical so, mustard sales. So that led to, that led, that led, yeah, this conversation led to me doing a little deep dive, doing a little bit of a deep dive into uh, all, something that is now in my search history forever is who is the best mustard salesman in <laughs> NFL history? Because it's important. It's important. We had to see if he had any competition. Mm-hmm. There was an NFL player. He was a tight end and offensive guard. Hmm. Pretty impressive, you know. Played two positions. He uh, played for multiple teams. He played in for the Omaha Beef. Pretty good. Uh, Cleveland Browns and then the Rain Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos between the span of 2002 and 2008. So, uh, not bad. Not bad career. He was a NCAA Division II champion in 2001. Pretty good. Uh, caught a couple, uh, caught a couple of receptions. You know, he's not, not, no, he wasn't bad. You know, uh, I, I will say that I think, uh, Dijon Mustardson has some competition in Mr. Chad Mustard. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I saw that. I saw that. I was looking it up. Um, also, he's not the only rookie to get a mustard sponsorship. 
Um, Hendon Hooker oh. has been sponsored by, I think, Heinz Mustard, specifically. Oh, hell yeah. So uh, Where did been, Hendon Hooker end up going? To Detroit. Oh. And then there's, there's, also, there's also another rookie. Um, rookies are just getting in on the condiment deals. Um, yeah, Hendon Hooker signed a deal with French. French is mustard. Um, mm. But what Will Levis did... Is so, can Will, we... Do they play this year? Can we... Is there going to be a battle of the mustard? A mustard bowl? I think they're... I, let's a see. mustard bowl? <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh. That'd must- be sick. I'm pretty sure there is. Detroit Lions, Atlanta Falcons, September 24th, 2023. Mark the yes! calendar. Are the you tuning bowl. in for the mustard bowl? <laughs> <laughs> I know where I'll be. <laughs> Guys, tune in in about, in exactly, it's in a month, Simon. It's so exciting. It's in a, wait. It's Whoa. in a month. No a month. way. I feel like Just I'm, for context, we're like recording this prepared. on the 24th. I feel like I'm not I'm prepared. not prepared it's either. In about a month. I need oh. to buy. I need to. I need to buy as many mustard <laughs> mustards as I can to me- to physically and mentally prepare myself for the absolute rager that <laughs> the mustard bowl will provide. Not only that, it's going to be between two of the best teams in football: the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta <laughs> Falcons. Absolute barn burner right there. The mustard bowl. Are, I'm not ready. It's going to be nuts. Be prepared for the trick play segment a month from now to have a full 40-minute <laughs> long analysis of the Mustard Bowl. We're going to do the John Absolutely. Boys play-by-play thing. Analysis of yes. every single play. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, that, my God. To, to conclude this outro, if nothing else, if you... If you don't want to follow us, if you don't want to listen to us, at least come back in a month to hear about the Mustard, the mustard Bowl. Bowl. That's all we'll say. Yeah. Watch the Mustard Bowl. Don't watch Trick Play. Watch, trick watch play. the Mustard Watch Bowl. Mustard. 